Marcus Scrim, and welcome to Med Talks presented by Metrics. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Mitch Moses, who is the Associate Dean of Clinical Relations and Outreach, as well as an assistant professor at the Richard A. Gillespie College of Veterinary Medicine at Lincoln Memorial University in beautiful Harrogate, Tennessee. The College of Veterinary Medicine graduated its first class in 2018, and since then, it's been growing at a brisk rate. We're going to be talking to Mitch about that today. Today, the school is the largest of its kind in the country with 225 students enrolling yearly, split between a fall and spring cohort. Mitch, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Marcus. Happy to be here. Mitch, we're thrilled to have you with us. Your career has really covered the full spectrum of veterinary care. After 18 years in clinical practice, you spent several years in veterinary pharma, followed by a few years with the American Animal Hospital Association, then you arrived at LMU-CBM in 2019, shortly after that first class graduated from the Veterinary College. Just a few short years later, Lincoln is already the largest veterinary college in the country. Now, clearly, LMU-CBM is part of a trend. More than a third of veterinary institutions have had double-digit increases in first-year enrollment in the past five years, and yet you find yourselves leading the pack. What are a couple of reasons for that? It's one of the reasons I ended up here uh, is this university as a whole and the College of Veterinary Medicine has a very entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, we're not bound by legacy and past, and this is the way we've always done things. And so very willing, uh, even up to the board of directors, to take risk and explore new opportunities and new areas. And that excited me. Because uh, I, I like to build things. I'm not so good at maintaining things. Uh, so I think that accounts for a lot of the growth is our willingness to take risk, try new things, go out in different directions, uh, even though sometimes the profession um, may not catch up to us very quickly. Uh, but that's, I, I think, a lot of why we, we are where we are. And then lastly is the unique hybrid distributive uh, workplace-based cl clinical training that our students get out in practices around the country, which is unique and allows us to have a rigorous curriculum, but also a very flexible curriculum for students. Great answer. And, and I love, I, it's, it's always great to talk to, to people who are builders, uh, who, who, uh, who love to get involved in building things from the ground up. Now, um, most, most um, whether it's an organization, nonprofit, for-profit, whatever, most would agree that growth is the best problem to have, um, but it still creates challenges, right? So, so what are some of the larger ones uh, that a school like Lincoln Memorial has faced in this journey from just getting started in 2018 to, to the largest in the country at this point? Be uh, around scaling processes. When, when the program was started, it was for 85 students. And uh, the doctor who started the program built the clinical year program, my predecessor, did a great job of building a very rigorous platform that has a lot of checks and balances and opportunities for students. Now learning how to scale that, using technology to scale that. So we have 225 students. Uh, that's been, been challenging for sure. Uh, the biggest part of that is our clinical sites, our educators, are um, they, they are paid, but essentially it's a volunteer army. They don't have to take students. And they don't have to take them when they don't want to take them. And so learning how to communicate with that many different uh, entities and personalities and corporate groups so they can all get the information they need and act on the information that they need and we need 
uh, that really represents still the largest challenge that we're still working to, to solve. Well, that's a, that's a great answer. And I love when, whenever we talk about organizational growth, we, we always talk about the, those three legs of the stool, right? It, it's people platform and, and, uh, and or pe rather people processes and platform. And so obviously you came in at the right time. You're a builder spent a lot of work on those processes, which, which now brings us to, to the platform and, and the, the, the metrics platform. Um, now, my understanding is metrics wasn't the first platform used at Lincoln Memorial. Um, do you recall some of the reasons for the decisions to, to make a switch? Because I wrestled with them for years. Uh, the platform that was here um, was a platform also from the human side used by Lincoln Memorial's College of Osteopathic Medicine. And it was a legacy system, a very complete system. You could input all sorts of information into the system. The problem was very little of it was actionable easily uh, or reportable easily. And so it created barriers for us to get the information that we needed in order to make decisions. Um, the also the, the interface was uh, very archaic, uh, almost DOS-like, if you will. And the company really uh, failed to convince us that they were ever really going to make any changes in that interface or the architecture or update the program. So that was a limitor to us growing. And so we needed to uh, find a different platform to, uh, to build on top of. What, what do you recall about the, the evaluation process? I, you know, every, Every college that we speak with does this a little bit differently. Um, just walk us through, you, you know, how many different solutions you looked at, how you became aware of them. What do you recall about the evaluation process? Fairly organic in nature. Uh, it's just typically by, by, it was by investigation, hearing about things, looking at different solutions. Um, and so it was, it was very much like that. It, you know, what we probably should have done an RFP and all the formal stuff, but we just don't have the manpower to, to do that. Uh, metrics was suggested as an opportunity to us because in another school that we do work with, Veterinary College was started to switch to, to metrics. And so we took a look at that. Um, the, the process, the evaluation process to me was very much like building a house. Uh, the way I look at it is and what we were looking for is a very solid foundation and structure. Um, it, we had a house once that the whole brick facade on the front of the house fell away from it because nobody put brick stays in. The bricks looked really nice, but structurally it wasn't sound. And so when evaluating software platforms, it was important to me to identify a platform that had, had very solid underpinning to it. Um, and then the other analogy is looking to build a house. We want to find a builder that we know will do what he or she says they will do and will do it promptly. Uh, and that was another part of the evaluation is, do I trust whom I am talking to to actually do what they say they were going to do when they said they were going to do it? Uh, and so that's what we found in metrics, frankly, was a very solid structure. Uh, and a company that we felt at that time would follow through with what they said that they would do. My my understanding, and, and I and I love the builder analogy. 
my understanding is that when when you chose metrics, it, it was a relatively intensive onboarding process that that took place over a few months. Talk to me about about um, about that structure. Uh, were these meetings in person? Were were they virtual? Um, was it about data transfer or data transfer from the old platform to the new platform? What what happened during the, those few months and 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 um, why did why was it? I've been told it was a, a, an intensive, rigorous onboarding. Just walk me through that process. First off, why it was important and what you really wanted to accomplish during those few months. I think the the first obstacle we had to overcome was the difference in nomenclature between what metrics is used to in a resident internship training in the human field and what we do in the veterinary field and what we call the things that we do and what we call the people that we do it with. And so the first part of this, frankly, was just essentially a dating period, getting to know each other so we would know each other's business. Uh, and then secondly, it was about how to set it up to function correctly uh, in the way that we needed it to function. And that was a series of virtual meetings and handholdings and homework assignments and, and those sorts of things to get that part done. And then lastly was the data input and, and transfer from our legacy system. A lot of that transferred over, a lot of it didn't uh, well. And we were trying at that time, we spent a lot of time additionally trying to clean the data because over the years it had gotten kind of messy and sloppy. Uh, and so we took it as an opportunity to, uh, to clean the data before we put it into a, a new system. And, and so that was, that was kind of on us. Uh, metrics did a lot of the help and conversion and you know, export and import and all those sorts of back-end processes for us. And that was, was very, very helpful. Um, so I think that that was it. And, and there again, the biggest challenge really was them to understand what our terminology is and our scale uh, relative to what they're used to working with. So let's go on to a, a couple of specific features that, that we always like to ask our uh, metrics clients about. Let's talk about evaluation. So um, it's interesting. I, I, I love I love talking to clients because some some have uh, mandated evaluations and they do a really really good job of, of doing that and they get one hundred percent compliance. Um, others find that that when they deploy metrics, um, they don't necessarily need to mandate them because it's easier to enter the evaluation. So that they tend to get um, as, as many as they're looking for. But as an organization, what are your standards for both re both resident and faculty evaluations? Are they mandatory? And, and how do you use that feature to, to ensure compliance? Evaluations are mandatory in that, uh, for the students anyway, it, it informs their grade for each block. And so in that, in that sense, evaluations are absolutely mandatory. Um, but we use evaluations differently, I think, than many of the schools that metrics is used to using. So I, I describe it and think about it this way. I believe when we were evaluating metrics that evaluations were one of the strong suits of the platform. And I still believe that's true. We just happen to use them differently. Um, and it was nice that we were uh, it, was, it was nice that my outcomes individual here in 45 minutes taught herself how to build an evaluation. And in our legacy system, we had to send it to the company for them to build the evaluations. So it was, it was great in that sense. 
the evaluations that are done, we use our, our clinical educators, our instructors, they evaluate students twice during the four-week block. So those are mandatory. They come to us, they're cataloged, et cetera. And then our students also are required to do an, an electronic portfolio, uh, which is some ancillary work that they're required to do. And they work with a course mentor, which is another veterinarian offsite that works with them electronically. That individual completes an evaluation on the student work and those two evaluations go together to form the student's grade. They're pretty good about it. Evaluate the clinical site that they went to, the experience there, and the educator or educators that they worked with there. So we take those evaluations and those form the basis of our quality assurance and quality control program, where we look at student reports, uh, their scores, the trends of a particular site or the trends of a particular uh, clinical educator. And we use that information to help us form uh, training plans for that site and or in some, occasion, in some occasions removing that site altogether because they're not performing. Um, but that's, that's the basis for our quality control to make sure that our students are getting uh, high quality, consistent experiences at the clinical sites that they visit. When you talk about the, the, the versatility of having so many different case log types, uh, when you think back to your previous system, um, was that something that the previous system um, absolutely couldn't do or would it have taken a, a lot more time? Uh, what, what I'm really getting at is whenever we talk about user experience, there's the users, there, there's your students, but there's also the users, meaning you and your team to create these different case log types. Um, when you went to creating the, these versatile case logs, uh, what was some of your experience in terms of how easy it was to create those? In, in the legacy system we used, it was so cumbersome to manage the database that faculty, because we used to use it in the preclinical world too, faculty gave up on it and just quit using it, quit requiring students to do it because it was so complex to manage and so complex to right. enter anything. Uh, in metrics, it's extraordinarily easy to manage the database, uh, which we've essentially started with a, a foundational database of diseases and procedures and then crowdsourced the rest from students as they came across them. Uh, so it's very easy to manage that. It's easy for students to enter the fact that they have a, a metrics has a, a very rich and well-designed mobile platform so students can do it on their phone and educators can look at it and sign off on things in their phone has been a big help as well. Uh, in the legacy system, you could report out on, on these cases, but depending on who ran the report, you would get wildly different answers, uh, which just isn't supposed to happen. Uh, and so that's what right. we're fixing with, with a, a very canned report uh, that will be very consistent and will get us the same information block after block, year after year uh, on cases. I haven't asked you any questions yet about reporting, and yet I—it seems like every question I ask you, you're, you're kind of um, the, the word reporting is coming up, and and I think that that's super super important, right? Because when you're in rapid growth mode, at, at some point you need to pause and say, okay, are we doing what what we're trying to do? Talk to me about some the the reporting that you do use. Um, uh, you know, are are you? Um, do you set up automated reports? Are they as needed? What, what are the reports that provide you with the most value? 
multiple reports or the case reports as, as they are, uh, as well as schedule reports for students and the schedule report for the clinical sites. Those are things that we use a lot. Uh, and so those are great. Uh, on our docket for after January 1st, once we get the custom optimizer rolled out and student scheduled, we will be working with metrics to learn how to use Power BI so we can download all the data and manipulate it and manage it that way for ourselves. Uh, so that's next on our list. Um, so, so the CAN reports that are there are nice. It's just they're uniquely focused on the human world, which is understandable. Um, and so we just need to morph some of those uh, a little bit more for, for what we use and how we use it. Um, and I will add in the interim, Metrics has been extraordinarily gracious in their time in downloading data on their end and providing it to us in Excel format so we can use because we've had to make some decisions about things. And so uh, while not perfect yet, uh, they've been very gracious and good in their support, which goes back to my, my builder analogy, right? Somebody who will stand behind it and, and help you. And it also sounds like you, you have the sense with, from working with metrics that that they understand how important these reports will be to you. So so it, it sounds like that, that you have optimism or confidence that the platform is, is going to continue a, to adapt for your needs. Is that am I am I hearing that correct? Absolutely. Um, both from the assurances that we've gotten previously and the experiences that they have provided for us to date. I'm fully confident that you know ultimately all of our reporting needs will be satisfied um, through primarily through Power BI. Um, but they will help us get to where we need to get uh, and have helped us now and will help us get there for in the future. It's really, it, it's wonderful to me to hear to say that you want to take that data and you want to push it out into Power BI because it sounds like that's something that, that wouldn't have even been on your roadmap with your previous platform because you knew you couldn't trust the data or you didn't have the data. So Power BI becomes a toothless tiger in, in that scenario. Um, but but now it sounds like you've got a lot of confidence in the data, so you want to get more insights from it. So I want to go back now. Um, the, the last special thing I want to talk about is um, my, my understanding is that is that you were the, the, the customer who who um, uh, went to metrics and said, we, we want this electronic portfolio thing. And, and I'm sure there will be some listeners or viewers of this program who say, wait, but what's an electronic portfolio? Um, so you mentioned it before, but walk us through it. What's it used for? How do you use it? Um, and just talk about, you know, when you had the idea, you took it to metrics and, and how it, it came to be a module in the platform today. The electronic portfolio has been kind of a staple in this program since its inception. And it's designed to further the learning of a student beyond just being hands-on in, in the clinic. Uh, so it's comprised of several different elements. One is in any four week rotation, they have to write four academic soaps. They have to write four medical records, um, 10 self-reflections, 10 medical questions that they have to answer and submit. Uh, they have to, in some of the rotations, they'll do a, a uh, capstone presentation. In other rotations, they produce an evidence-based medicine paper. And all of those, are accessed and submitted to another veterinarian, I think I referred to earlier as a course mentor. And their job, the mentor's job, is to work with the students through metrics to receive those documents, those assignments, 
look at the assignments, evaluate the assignments, send suggestions back, recommendations, or sometimes demands of the student to give me more, fix this, change this, etc. And so by doing that, uh, the students are learning a lot of good habits, you know, how to write good soaps, how to completely answer medical questions beyond just the typical one word answers that most of us use. Uh, Self-reflections, what did you learn? How How's it going? Those sorts of things. Uh, and so this is unique, somewhat unique to our program. And, and I personally think it's the secret sauce to the program because they have to dig in deeper and they do that after they get home from the clinics. So there was a unique requirement of, yeah, of the software that the legacy system did, um, didn't do it all that well, but it was okay. And metrics has picked up the ball in building a, a more robust platform for us to use now. Uh, and it will continue to be evolved as we use it and get suggestions from users. We'll continue to evolve that to become a, a state of the art electronic portfolio. The ultimate end goal and, you know, we, we've taught metrics things, they've taught us things, their platform and, and their ability to create uh, truly a portfolio of the four years of education of a, of a student, um, I think is really intriguing to me. And ultimately the evaluations that students do, but the portfolios that they do will become part of the end work product for a graduate veterinary student that they can take and use however they want. That's terrific. A wonderful answer. Thank you. Uh, I, I want to ask you, we, we've already talked about the, the, the fact that, that Metrics was originally conceived for human health care, extremely flexible, adapted for veterinary health care. Uh, you've already shared with us that, that you're continuing to, to adapt and refine and improve the reporting. Are there other features that, that as, as someone who, who has spent their entire career uh, in veterinary medicine, are there other features that, that, that you think to yourself, Hey, listen, I, I, I really wish metrics could, could do this, that this would sort of be a, a game changer for those of us in veterinary medicine. Uh, a couple of things come to mind. The first one is the way our program works in, in short is we reach out annually to our clinical sites and say, when will you take our students next year? And currently we use a, another software platform to do that. I would love it if we could incorporate that into um, into metrics so it was a seamless process uh, and we don't have to collect information, download it, upload it, and do all that sort of manipulation with it. So that would be a, a, a nice thing to do. Uh, the other ask would be uh, a bit more robust ability to communicate with our clinical sites. Uh, they're in there. They're, we already have their information captured uh, and there are ways to do it unilaterally. It would be great to, to build a platform where all the communications with a clinical site stay in metrics, which is where, you know, frankly, it, it probably ought to live. Uh, but those are the, are the two things offhand that are would be nice to have. So they're not deal breakers. Uh, we'll, we'll function just fine without them. Uh, but in my utopia, uh, that will be, be incorporated into metrics as well. I, I love talking to builders who always think about how to how to take it to, to, to the next level. Um, question for you, um, and I think you've already touched on this, but but in terms of uh, one of the things that we do always talk about is user experience, and and this has been a really a really great 
um, conversation because a lot of what we've been talking about on the UX side has been on, on your team from the builder side. Do you, what, do you have any anecdotal evidence from, from either your, your faculty or your students in, in terms of, hey, they also find the platform suits their needs from a UX perspective? The students seem to believe it, it really works well for them. It's easy to use. It's easy to figure out. Um, it's easy for us to manage them using roles. That's been a real eye-opener for us to be able to use that effectively. From the educator perspective, I think the, you know appreciating the, the scale is helpful. We have over 600 clinical sites that we use, which is over 2,100 clinical educators that we use. And not all of them use... All, all of metrics, but the comments I've gotten from those who have used it well and have experience with our older system particularly have commented on how easy it is to use this software. And that's what we wanted. If you know, it doesn't do anybody any good to not use it because it's so complex. Right, right. And and I, I think, you, you know, we're, we're coming up on, on the end of the interview here. And, you know, one of the things that we always talk about with metrics is, is look, at the end of the day, um, whether it's human healthcare, veterinary healthcare, this is very, very important work. And, and so what we want people to be able to do is spend their time focusing on the actual care um, of either the, of the animal or the human, whomever that they are, that they are actually performing care on. So my final question for you is, is, is Mitch, when, when you think about, and it seems like regardless of what your specialty is in healthcare today, there are all these pressures around time and how you spend time and how to maximize your time. My, my question for you, Mitch, is, is how do you think about time and how it impacts veterinary healthcare? And, and, and what, what in your role you try to do to make sure that, that your students and faculty are spending their time doing the most valuable things? In my team, about, we talk about friction. Right. Can, can we take as much of the friction out of the process as possible? Because it just wastes energy. You know, if you talk about it in terms of physics, it's all burn off in heat. Um, so if we can take as much of the friction out of the process as possible, then that leaves time for us to do more important things, uh, for the team to have a life, for the veterinarians to have a life, for the students to have a life, if they're not wrestling with software. Um, so that that's right. really the, what, what we look at is how can we use this this tool and others that exist to remove friction from our process because it is um, fairly a process driven intensive uh, program and so we have a lot of levers there we can pull and can get a lot of relief if we can figure out how to do it. Terrific, Mitch. Thank you so much for your time today. We we really do appreciate it's been my it. My pleasure, Marcus. Uh, Mitch Moses is the Associate Dean of Clinical Relations and Outreach, and as well as an Assistant Professor at the Richard A. Gillespie College of Veterinary Medicine at Lincoln Memorial University in Harrogate, Tennessee, the largest veterinary college in the United States. Feel free to learn more about them at lmunet.edu. Um, Mitch would encourage you to get that friction out of your process. Our friends at Metrics would invite you to get back to what matters, practice medicine, not software. For everyone at Metrics, I'm Marcus Grimm.